Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday. No, it isn't. It's time for the Monday morning podcast. What am I doing? What am I doing? Oh, geez, the birthday week. I'm so full of cake. I don't even know what I'm saying. It's the Monday morning podcast for Monday. For Monday. For Monday. June 13th, 2000, June 14th. Oh, gives a shit. I'm so full of cake. I can't even hit fucking reset at this point. Erase. And start over again. This is what it is. Oh, Billy Frostin' face. I've eaten so much fucking cake this month. With all the birthdays. You know? I just had this thing where I got like three close friends. My wife and myself all have birthdays. And it's just, it's been nothing but cake. And then, um, I had, by the way, I had the greatest birthday of my life. Um... This past week, it was just, it was phenomenal. I just, I had the best day. And uh, as much as I was telling about you on Saturday, you know, everything that I happened. um, That night, my lovely wife was taking me out to dinner. She didn't tell me where, and I was just, you know, I didn't ask her where. So we're, we're, we're on our way to the restaurant. She goes, you know, aren't you surprised you haven't even asked me where we're going? I want to be like, I'm not like you. I understand it's a surprise. I'm not trying to ask questions to ruin it because that's what my wife does. She just asks questions. She fucking Columbo's me. You know, no, I get it. I get it. It's a, it's a surprise. But you know what? There's just one more thing. And then she'd ask me the thing and then she'd figure out what it was. And then I would get upset. And I think that's like a sport form. You know, they don't like that you can surprise them. Okay, because that means that you can trick them. If you can trick them, the door's wide open for you to do anything. It fucks with their own security. That's their shit. Their shit is like, listen, you can go, you can pick up as much heavy shit around me as you like. That doesn't scare me. Okay, if you start winning in a cerebral way, and on any level, I cannot fucking handle that. So I think that that's what the game is. I don't know why, but anytime I try to surprise her with a gift, she just figures it out. It's so fucking annoying, and she knows it bothers me, and she just, she can't get enough of it. She loves it, right? So anyway, we're going to this restaurant. I don't know where I'm going. I know she just said, hey, I'm taking you out to dinner, and she didn't say where. So immediately it clicked to me. Well, obviously it's a surprise. So I was just like, all right, how should I dress? She goes, you know, just... Casual but nice. Cool but warm. Summery but what if it snows, right? So I'm like, all right, casual but nice. Got it, right? So I dress that way and we're driving over there, Ubering over, you know, having a good time and shit. And then she just goes, I'm surprised you haven't asked where you're going. And I just laughed and I was just like, well, I figured it was a surprise. If I ask questions, do you want me to figure it out? And she laughed and she said, no. So we were on our way over there, and we went by some Italian restaurant, and my wife was like, oh, I didn't know they had one of those there. They got one of those in the valley, too. I didn't know that. Must be like a chain or something. And I go, they have good Italian? She said, yeah. I said, well, my favorite uh, chicken parm in the city is at Dantanis. And then I immediately winced, like, why did you just say that? Because she's most likely taking you to a different restaurant and you just kind of said your favorite restaurant is that place and that dish, right? Why would you say that, you dumb fuck, right? 
And lo and behold, she doesn't say anything. I'm like, all right, is she being cool? Is it going to come back and bite me in my pasty, freckled ass? What's going to happen, right? Well, wouldn't you know, we pull up to Dantanis. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You're taking me to Dantanis? And she smiles. She goes, yeah. I'm like, all right. So then uh, we walk up to the place. People got masks on and shit, doing whatever. She goes, all right, I'm going to go in and check in. Just stand outside. So I say, okay. Now, I know you guys all know where this is going, but I'm too stupid, right? So I'm just like, all right, I'll stand outside. It's like, all right, you're good. You know, and they have like outdoor seats. So we go, we walk around the back. And I come around the back and I see Joe Bartnick's mustache, mustachioed face. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing here? And then I look over and I see my father-in-law. I'm like, oh my God. And they're all like, surprise! Hey! That's what they did. They didn't yell surprise. Everybody just went, hey! (laughs) Which was funny. Because no, all the strangers didn't know that it was a surprise party. They were all just looking like, oh no, these people are going to be this loud. And it was awesome. It was like everybody that I loved was there. I always wanted a surprise party. I was just always too fucking walled off and whatever. It just never happened for me. You know, you put the, there's a certain type of person that they throw a surprise party for and I'm not that person. So uh, I don't know what happened this year, but she did it, and I had a great time. And then afterwards, she was like, did you like it? Were you enjoying it? And I was like, yeah. She goes, okay, because a couple times I was looking at your face, and you didn't seem like you were enjoying it. I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. I like this. <laughs> my God. Oh, my God. So... But that's what they do. They're, they're cerebral people. They're always looking. They're figuring it out. They're figuring it out. They, they're reading what is not being said. They're listening to the undercurrent. They're not listening to what's being That's just how they operate. They're spies. They're covert people. They're stealth. So you can't just be like, you can't just sit there and be like, oh, my God, this is great. This is everybody I love. You can't just say that to everybody. They're still going to be, but I noticed a couple of times your face. What are you, fuck, what are we in the World Series of Poker? Before I even knew where we were going, I said this is my favorite place and my favorite dish to the point I thought I ruined the place. And she still, still, still made me say it twice. After saying this was great, she then argued against me, and then I had to fucking say it again. And this is why we die before them. It's just those little fucking leg kicks, those emotional leg kicks just chop you down to the fucking mat. Anyway, so um, I had such a fucking great time. Um, Amazing food and uh, just amazing stories. Everybody had a great time. I felt loved. It was awesome. And uh, it was really just the perfect night. And then the end of the night, she had ordered a, a, a yellow cake chocolate frosting, right? And uh, But because they ordered it from someplace else, when it came to the restaurant, they're like, because of COVID, we can't, but blah, 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 blah. And then they ordered dessert anyway. And then we brought this big fucking cake home. And I've been eating a fucking slab of it every day to the point. I, I Can a cake give you heartburn? Um. I just hate wasting food, and I also like chocolate cake, but uh, after this slice of cake I just had right before this podcast, 
I'm going to have to tell my wife to say, like, look, you have to give this away to somebody or, you know, you have to, like, get rid of this because I can't throw this thing out. All right? I mean, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I also know how to bake a cake and I know how much work went into this. All right? I can't just throw this fucking thing out. But I also don't want to keep eating it because um, I just don't feel right. I mean, I've still been working out and stuff, so I'm not showing it, but I, I can feel that my body is like, what the fuck is going on? I thought we were done with this, Bill. And uh, I've been ignoring my body for three days going like, but look at that beautiful chocolate cake. You know, I'm a crackhead with a giant mountain of crack underneath a nice fucking glass chandelier thing. You know, what? Like, you're not going to go smoke it? So that's where I am with that. But um, you know what's so funny was before we had the surprise party that afternoon, you know, my kids and and a few relatives gave me a little birthday, you know, celebration. Uh, Had a cupcake at that. Cupcake's the perfect, by the way, cupcake underrated. It's perfect. You eat it, it's done. There's no more, you know, that's it. You have a fucking cake, it's hanging around, you know, it's like a friend's in town. Um. Cupcake, somebody just swanked by. No damage. How you doing? All right, get the fuck out of here. So um, I say, because, you know, Verzi was in town, which, by the way, there's a new episode of Anything Better that we recorded at the All Things Comedy Studio with our special guest, Joe Bartnick, which is now available on YouTube and all podcast platforms. Um, I told them, I said, hey, tomorrow we're having a little birthday thing because with COVID and everything, they haven't seen my kids in a while, and Verzi lives on the other coast. So I said, come on, swing by. And they came by, and uh, they were both acting normal. They knew that there was a surprise party, but they were both acting normal. And what was funny was um, the only time I noticed there was something weird was Verzi's like, all right, I got to get out of here. I got to go do a buddy's podcast. And I said, okay, cool. And I And he goes, all right, I'm back in New York, so this is it, man. I'll see you. And I was like... All right, cool. And he just sort of gave me like half a hug and he just kind of got out of there quick. I was like, damn, it's usually more of a goodbye, you know? Shit. First, he's really taken to this Hollywood lifestyle. He's barely fucking saying goodbye. And uh, Bartnick just said something. Ah, the traffic. I got to get out of here, which is normal. And then they both got out of there. But I, I, I did not see it coming. I did not see the surprise party coming at all. Especially, you know, when you're... Just turned 53 and you've never had a surprise party. You feel like that ship has sailed. Like, all right, that's, you know, I guess that's not going to happen. You know? I guess I'm not going to make it in the NFL. I guess I'm not going to be a jet fighter pilot like Tom Cruise in that movie I saw when I was 18. You know? I guess Bo Derek's never going to run down the beach to me. You know, with the cornrows waiting to see me. You know, you get, you get, you know, 12th hole of your life, 13th hole, you know, God, who knows what hole you're on, right? You start thinking some certain things, they're just not going to happen. A surprise party was one of them. Um, but it actually happened. And I want to thank my lovely wife, despite the fact that she made me, like, fucking 
notarized that I had a good time at the surprise party. But you know what? That's not even her fault. That's how much of a cunt I've been over the years. And um, I got to tell you, you know, six months of therapy and actually really being ready for it and really working on myself. I'm getting along with my wife better than I, I ever have, even back when we were single, no kids or anything like that. Um, it's been uh, it's been a good fucking thing. So, and I got to tell you, my fucking stand-up act is some of my favorite shit I've ever done because that is another big fear. All you young comics out there, if you listen to this shit, all that bullshit where it's just like, don't get happy, man. You get happy, there goes your funny. No, that's not what happens. You stop doing stand-up. You stop working. You stop trying to improve. That's what kills you. All right, because there's plenty of miserable comics that I've seen, miserable comics. And they stopped writing and their act stinks and they're not funny anymore. And they're as miserable. They're more miserable than they were when they were funny. So that's a big fucking myth. What I actually believe is if you find happiness and you kind of figure out who you are, it adds a whole new depth to what it is. Um, it kind of stops, you know, as a younger comic, I had a lot of, did you see this? What the fuck's up with that? It was always pointing out, not looking inward, rather than being, you know, and in the 30s, it's, hey, you know, I kind of do this a lot. Maybe there's something I'm doing. <laughs> and then you get to your 40s, and you're like, all right, I'm an asshole. So that's kind of where I'm at. Well, I'm now in my 50s. So I'm a little, I've always been a little late. So late to the party there. Um, by the way, um, speaking of uh, podcast special guests, um, I had uh, Wolfgang Van Halen on the podcast Thursday afternoon, uh, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, uh, a couple of months back. And he was mentioning that he had an album that was coming out and how they were going to be like slowly um, releasing it. Mammoth is the name of it. And it's kind of brilliant how these, I'm going to say kids put it out, put them out now. They just sort of couple of tracks, track, couple weeks, another track, couple weeks, another track, and then boom, they put out the whole album. So finally, you can download uh, Mammoth WVH. Um, the entire album is available for download, and I've been listening to it like nonstop. It's, you know, if you're a drummer, it's so much fun to play. There's a fucking song, uh, Horribly Right, that I listened to it like three times in a row in the car, Got out of my car, did not say hello to my family, went right into my garage, sat down in the kit, and I had to figure it out. Uh, I'll play a little bit of it for you here. Let me see here. How do I do this? How do, how do the kids how do the kids cue something up? All right, here we go. I fucked it up, God. You knew I was gonna. Didn't have the volume up. Here we go. Where are we? All right, and here it is. Horribly. part I like. Oh, man, that was fun. Trying to figure that out. Thanks to Dave Elich, I just said this has to be in four. 
Because I always think everything's in a, if I can't figure it out, that's got to be an odd time. It can't be me and my lack of musical ability. It has to be an odd time signature. And I was like, no, I'm just going to count this in four. And I blocked out everything that was going. I locked in on the hi-hat and I was counting it, you know, especially if a riff takes like two bars to play that can also really fuck me up. Um, And I was able to figure that thing out and I had a fucking ball, a fucking ball playing, um, trying to play along to that thing. And I put the horribly in the horribly right track off of uh, Mammoth WVH and uh, the whole album is just, it's just a killer fun fucking album and what i love about it is is he's got a killer voice he's got his own style and as much as his dad is eddie van halen this kid is just his own on his own path uh which is really really great to see and i know that they're going to be touring at some point if i get any sort of information you got to go out and uh check them out because uh i saw them on jimmy kimmel they fucking killed it but uh i was very excited um, and you know, I'll tell you what's funny is a song like that comes out with just a killer drum track and I get as amped up as I got when I was still in my teenage years, as old as I am at 53, I still like fucking, I just got to go run down behind the kit and try to figure it out. <laughs> and then I think I'm killing it. And then I film myself cause that's the only way you learn. And I just look like a fucking, I look like such a douche. Um, or at least not anywhere near as cool as I thought I as I thought I looked. So um, download that and see those guys live, man, because uh, I think it's going to be a killer uh, killer show. Um, and with that, the NHL playoffs continue. I couldn't believe it. I thought when my Bruins got knocked out, everybody else was going to be so sad they could never play hockey again. But nope, that was not the case. The hockey world moved on without my beloved Boston Bruins. And your New York fucking Islanders win their fourth game in a row. Matthew Barzell, once again, who's having a playoff run. I can't even say series at this point. This guy is just, he's just, he is beyond beyond seizing the moment. Uh, I got, you know, I was... Went to a kid's party today, uh, so I missed the fucking game. But I just watched some of the highlights, and I guess right out in the beginning, uh, Tampa Bay tried to get a little cutesy in the Islanders' end. They intercepted the pass. Barzell was off to the races, and he just went five-hole right in the beginning, right in the beginning of the game. And Bartnick was telling me, the host of Puck Off was telling me, uh, you know, after you have, like, the top whatever guys in the league, the next top ten guys are all on the Islanders. So they are, and they have the coach too. So, I mean, I know it's just one game. I know it's Tampa, but there was a lot of chirping during that Bruins-Islanders series after Tampa won their series. I had, hey, don't worry about it, Bill. You get past the Islanders, but we're going to fucking curb stomp you guys and all of this. They were talking a bunch of fucking shit, you know? All those those was parrot heads down there. Wasted away again in Margaritaville. All those Tampa people. Chrome balls hanging off the back of my truck. Um, vaping on a track. Anyways, um, they were talking all kinds of shit. The Islanders gave them the old fucking... Uh, didn't give them right there, Fred, yet. 
they got to win the series, but they gave him a nice, uh, how you doing? A little fucking straight right to the fucking chops. Game one, just like that. Taking home ice. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm past the fact that they beat us. I'm actually really excited about the Islanders possibly winning a cup because uh, they were the guys that knocked off the fucking Canadians. Essentially ended the century of dominance of the Montreal, or the better part of a century. I mean, it's fucking unbelievable what the Canadians did. And, uh, well, the Canadians and the Maple Leafs up until 1967, and when the Maple Leafs just stopped winning cups inexplicably, um, the Canadians went on to win in 68, 69, 71, 73, 76, 77, 78, 79. And then the Islanders came in 1980, and that was the end of it. The Montreal Canadiens never again dominated the way they did. They did win in 86, and they did win in 93. Um, but it just wasn't like when they, they... They used to win decades or split a decade with the fucking, you know, Maple Leafs or the Red Wings. Um, Red Wings in the 50s, I think, one, two or three. I can't remember. But... Um, so I always liked the Islanders, and I always loved Mike Bossy. Um, I just thought I, I fucking loved guys like that. There were so many guys like just those 40, 50 goal scorers that just had, you know, back when there was way more open ice, guys weren't as big. Like I watched a, a highlight the other day about um, just a couple of tragic NHL guys, you know, one guy, you know, who just was, came up with Guy Lafleur and was just as good as him, and he just he had that stupid addiction disease, and it just fucked his whole career up. Um, and I just remember seeing highlights of that guy and how fuck when he was playing on the Nordiques, how fucking big the ice looked. It looked like they were playing on two ice rinks, like the size of the players now, and how fast they are. And the fact that they, you know, the red line is just, you know, it's there for just show at this point. You couldn't have a two-line pass. There was no stretch passes or anything like that. It was just a slower game, but there was a lot of more odd man rushes, two-on-ones, three-on-twos and stuff, breakaways. And uh, there was a beauty to the game back then that I think with the, the speed of it now, um... It's just, it took a little bit of that away. And there's a fucking reason now, where, you know. There is, there's a reason why, you know, it's so hard to score 50 goals. <laughs> you know, goaltenders back when I first started watching were stand-up goalies until Patrick Waugh came in with the butterfly. Um, he fucking sort of stood up and just did a little kick or something like that. And it just it was, seemed like there was a lot, you know, and they were a lot smaller. And the net was still the same size. Pads were smaller and all that type of shit. So there was like a lot of amazing stuff going on. But um, anyways, but I, I, there was guys like Mike Bossy and, and every team seemed to have like a guy, you know, they could get you like 30. And then if you had a great guy like Bossy, you could get you 50. We had uh, Rick Middleton was our guy. When I first started watching, and he just he was always good for 30, 40. I wonder if he ever scored 50. I don't remember, but they would just like the stick handling and they would fake defensemen out of their skates. You just you don't see a lot of that anymore just because these kids are so big and they're so fast. And I think the defense 
are so sophisticated now um, that it's a lot harder to do, like, I don't know, just some of that basic, you know, pond hockey fucking stick handling. Now, I don't know, they fucking get behind the net and they pick the puck up with their stick and they slam it in. <laughs> That's fuck. It is. It's all unbelievable, but it's just, I'm just, you know, partial to that style because that's what I grew up with. So anyway, the Islanders went on at 180, 81, 82, and 83. And I still remember having the Sports Illustrated with Mike Bossy on the front. I believe it was Mike Bossy. And it's, it had the Islanders as they were uh, moving their way to another Stanley Cup final. And it said the strive for five. They were trying to win five in a row. And um, an upstart team by the name of the Edmonton Oilers ended that. And um, so it's cool to see them, you know, great again. And it's also cool, as much as I hate the Canadians, that they're still in it. Because it'd be kind of amazing if the Canadians and the Islanders were in the final, or the finals, however the fuck you say it, um, because uh, the Islanders were the ones that ended their reign. They could come back 40 years later and try to get some fucking revenge. It's not like they beat them. Who the fuck did they beat in 1980? Because I, I never thought that the, uh, the Canadians got to the, the Stanley Cup final there. Let me see here. 19, whoops, 80, Stanley Stanley Cup Finals. Let's see. Who do we got here? The 1980 Stanley Cup Finals. MVP Brian Trushy. 79-80 season. The New York Islanders in their first ever finals appearance against the Philadelphia Flyers. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, let's see who knocked off the fucking Canadians in the 1980 playoffs. NHL playoffs. Summary. Let's see what we got here. Um, all right, here it is. Here we go. Islanders of the Flyers. Minnesota North Stars in the quarterfinals won four games to three. Wow. And I remember the Islanders smoked us. We beat someone in the first round that year, didn't we? And then we came, no, no, preliminary round. Yeah, we over the Pittsburgh Penguins. I didn't watch that one. That was right before I started really, really paying attention to hockey. I missed that. I'm thinking 83. 83 is when I really started watching, I think, religiously. Um, all right, I just went down a fucking rabbit hole. But don't count the Vegas Knights out. I'm not counting them out by any stretch of the means. Um, but this is a very interesting sort of... Uh, Four teams left here. We have two, a, a young team in Tampa. They've only been around 20-something years. Vegas Knight, brand new, last five years. Islanders are sort of like, I don't know, they're 40 years in. No, 40 years in since they won it. They came in around 72. They got 50 years in, so they're not the young guys anymore. And the, uh, the Montreal Canadiens have been around for like over 100 years. So um, you kind of got everything. It's like the Brady Bunch. You got Greg, fucking Peter, and Bobby here. Um, did that make any sense? Well, it did to me. Um, what else? Con been continuing on with the old movies. I want to thank whoever recommended uh, Point Blank, Lee Marvin. I second your uh, 
observation that Angie Dickinson was absolutely gorgeous. Shout out to Keenan Wynn, who I heard his voice. I'm like, where do I know that voice from? Is that the guy from Dr. Strangelove talking about our precious bodily fluids? And it was amazing actor, an amazing movie, unbelievable cars. Lee Marvin at his best. I just, just a great, great, great movie. One of those double cross movies. And then they think they killed the guy, Lee Marvin. And then he comes back for revenge. Gotta love that. Um, Carol O'Connor's in it. I mean, it's just, what's not to love? Um, and right now I'm watching uh, Charlie Varick starring Walter Matthau. And I'll tell you who keeps popping up in all of these movies. Is that, is it John Vernon? John, yeah, John Vernon. Is that the guy? Actor. Let me see his picture. Yes. And the first time I ever saw John Vernon, he played Dean Wormer in, um, in all of those, uh, in the, uh, what the fuck was it? Animal House. And I've noticed this guy is like one of the go-to character actors of basically the genre of film that I like. The uh, cop that plays by his own rules, the lone gunman, the double-crossed crook, whatever the fuck you call it. Oh, another added bonus of Point Blank is um, the helicopter that lands in Alcatraz. Let me see. If, I don't know if that's a Sikorsky. It's before my time, but that, that was the original R-22, and it had no governor, and you had to... You had to uh, control the RPMs, main rotor RPMs, um, after, you know, looking at the gauge, but after a while you could just hear it if it was getting a little low. Uh, Yeah, is it the S76? No, no, Jesus, not that one. Jesus Christ, I had the wrong one. Um, For fuck's sakes. Helicopter point blank. Lee Marvin, let's see if that does it. Still not doing it. I forget the name of it. My instructor used to fly one. Oh, go fuck yourself. I can't find it. But it was a, it's a little two-seater, and, and that thing was basic. You want to talk about you're actually flying this fucking thing? Um, it had no governor on it. So basically, uh, you were in charge of making sure that you had enough rotor RPMs so you wouldn't just, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, the big thing is if the engine quits, being able to enter an auto rotation. Obviously, if you saw yourself going down, the fucking, I wonder if it even had a, a low RPM horn on it. It had to have. It had to have something or at least a light. You would still crank it back up. You'd know to do that. But um, it just seemed like way, way, way more. Like I've done, you know, obviously, learning how to fly, they'll shut the governor off and stuff. And you kind of, see like like how much more added workload that is um, than not having a governor. But um, anyway, it was kind of a cool shot. It's one of those little two-seater white fucking things. Let me see if I can find this thing. That's really going to bug me if I can't find out the name of that helicopter because right now I know there's like 10 pilots listening to this thing screaming it right now. The Art of Dying, Point Blank... All right, I guess not a lot of helicopter pilots watch this fucking movie. I'll find out what it is, and I'll, and I'll, I'll give you the information. Um, 
All right. Hey, and how about those Milwaukee Bucks? You know, beating the, the Brooklyn Nets after all the shit I've talked. It seems like these guys can actually uh, not, you know, not win by 40 every night. Um, it's fucking insane. As insane as all of a sudden uh, fuckhead is, is talking about how he might come back and run for president again. It just amazes me how gullible people are. I thought after, you know, when those people broke into the Capitol and then he was going like, I, we love you all, it's time to go home. And then once he found out he could get in trouble for inciting them to do it, he goes, they should all be put in jail. You saw what he did. You saw the kind of guy he is. And they're still, no, he wears a red tie. He's going to make it great again. Um, it's a tough one, though. I, I, you know, it's a tough one. Because then your only other option, though, for Democrat or Republican is just a total 100% company man that doesn't give a fuck about the environment or evidently children and innocent people in other countries. They just keep doing what the fucking oil companies and the banks want them to do. So I guess I kind of get it. But, um, you know, I could handle Trump just being a fucking moron. I just can't handle the race baiting, that type of shit. And all these fucking, all of that crap. That's, that's, you know, that's one of those things you like to think has gone. But is not even barely below the surface. It's just fucking right there. All right. And with that, Zip Recruiter, everybody. Zip. Oh, God, heartburn from fucking chocolate cake. What's wrong with me? Um, all right, Zip Recruiter, everybody. Uh, this copy literally starts with, that's why hiring can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Let me make sure I actually copied all the copy here. Did he copy all the copy? Let me see. No, nope, that's how it started. All right, that's why hiring can feel like Trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board. But then all you can do is hope the right person comes along. Which is why you should try Zip. For free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 of the top job sites with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job and activity, and active, sorry, and actively <laughs> invites them to impl- apply. In fact, Zip is so effective that four to five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. It's also no wonder that over 2.3 million business, uh, businesses have come to ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. So, while other companies overwhelm you with way too many options, Zip Find you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this website, ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. Once again, remember, go to this unique place, ZipRecruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R dot com uh, slash Burr, B-U-R. Zip. The smartest way to hire. All right. There you go. There you go. I know there was a lot of, there was some picture of uh, old Donnie boy giving his speech with his pants on backwards. And uh, my buddy sniffed that one out. He goes, I think this guy is, New York wants to put him in jail. 
So he's already beginning the insanity defense. He was like, you remember that mob guy that walked around in his bathrobe around the village because he wanted to seem insane at the end of his you know, mob career and the feds were coming in on him? And I was like, Jesus Christ, you're 100% right. How the fuck do you accidentally put your pants on backwards? Unless you lost a ton of weight and you were just slipping them on. Like, how wouldn't you notice when you went to buckle your pants, your belt would be in the back or zip them up in the back like you're putting on some sort of evening gown. And then furthermore, how would, like, all those people around you let you go on stage like that? Um, I think it was bullshit. Um, I think it was bullshit. I think he knows exactly what the fuck he's doing. Um, and I look forward to more of the show. Um, all right, Billy Royale. Hey, Bill, if you met a girl who you loved and was perfect, but she was part of the royal family, would you marry her? Could you deal with all the traditions you'd have to uphold? No, I probably couldn't. Could you wear a crown and learn how to wave to the crowd like a dandy boy? You're already in the spotlight, so you have to watch what you say and how you say it. Would this be much different? Yeah, dude, it'd be way different. I don't have to watch what I say. That's, that is all, can I tell you something? That's all a fucking myth that you have to watch what you say and how you say it. Even after these people who say they cancel people, these people, you know, when they come back, people still want to go see them. They're still selling out theaters. Their podcast numbers are off the charts. It's, it's all, you know, Nobody's getting canceled. I mean, you can lose an agent. You can lose a manager. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, some shit like that happens. But, you know, even then, if you don't have a stand-up back, you don't have like a podcast, you know, I guess as an actor, you sit on the bench for a few years and then eventually you come back. I mean, it's kind of hard if there was no cops and there was no legal founding, finding, I would think, And then just the way people are going about this shit. Where I saw this guy was getting in trouble, you know, a couple weeks ago. And this person was tweeting, come on, guys, let's let's get it going. And said, hey, if you want to, just DM me your stories anonymously. (laughs) It's like, so I could just DM you a story? You're going to leave my name out of it and I could just say whatever the fuck I want to say about this person and then you're just going to retweet it without as fact? I mean, I don't, I don't understand. I understand, like, you know, getting rid of sexual predators and fucking, you know, people abusing their power like that. But, like, uh, you know, this whole thing now where it's, it's, it's getting to the point of, like, I don't know. Once, you know, I saw someone lose their job over an analogy, I was kind of like, all right, guys, what, what, was, was this what we were trying to do? <laughs> Stitching time saves nine. How could you say that? There's people working in sweatshops, right? And then all of a sudden you lose, you know, how could you compare that to sweatshops? It's weird. Um, so, no, I don't have to watch what I'd say. Um, the younger me, the younger me. Would have done that, but eventually, 
the real me would have come out and it wouldn't have lasted. Um, the younger me would have done all the things you just said short of marrying her because I think my friends would have teased me so much and I'd have such a need to be liked that I would probably break it off. But when the younger me, I wouldn't have done any of that. I don't know how to do this. A, a long, 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 long time ago. Um, I can't tell this story. Let's just say I was in a situation. I was dating somebody. And uh, it was really my, one of my first serious girlfriends. And uh, the shit that I put up with. And it, this isn't on them. It was just me not having any boundaries. Um, I very easily would have just stood there as they dressed me up like some fucking guy who's in the military but isn't and has some big dumb hat. And then I would sit there, you know, moving, waving my hand and it's moving like a weather vane. I probably would have done that. Um, But if you're talking about now... Uh, any past the age of um, 28. You could have got me up to about the age 27. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I could have fell for that. But after that, I would have been like, no, I want to make my own mark in the world. I have my own dreams here. I, I don't want to just fucking, you know, sit around the castle and eat quail with white gloves on every night. You know what I mean? I mean, how long could you sit in that castle and you're watching a game and you can't be like, oh, what the fuck? It's fucking boarding. I could read his whole fucking last name, you fucking crooked cunts, right? I couldn't do that. Or maybe you can't. I don't know. I don't know. And then you know what? The whole time you're in there, you're not going to feel like you want it. You're not going to feel totally respected. The old broad there, the oldest one, she knows she's just going to be blowing you off the whole time. Like, well, you don't have royal blood, you know? You downloaded their album. But, <laughs> but you, yeah, they, they wouldn't respect you. And at some point, you're just going to be sitting there thinking, what makes this pruned up old fucking twat better than me? Because she was born into this shit? She didn't fight for this. This already existed, and they just gave it to her. The fuck is she giving? I had a fucking paper route since the third grade, you know? This is when you're drinking some fucking 60-year-old cognac. Not cognac. Is it cognac? Yeah, whatever the fuck that shit is. Um... But I tell you what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't make her leave. I wouldn't do that. First of all, she wouldn't. Women like stuff too much. <laughs> I would say this. I'd say this. If, if uh, old Gingerface was a chick and his wife was a dude, I'd say Freckles doesn't leave. I say he doesn't leave. I sit there. You know, it's not that I don't love you. It's just, you know, things are complicated. It's really complicated. I don't want to disappoint my mother. There would have been a reason. 
and she would have been able to cry that would have made the dude feel guilty and um yeah make him feel guilty and then at one point the redheaded chick would be like well if i know and i hate the way they treat you but i just got to say if you really loved me yeah i can't i can't this racism i know it hurts but i'm just saying what about us they would have done that shit it would have been that and it, and she would have manipulated it manipulated it hated it in a way that she would have made it look like she was staying because she could no longer trust the dude. Right? I think that that's what happened. And I think what happened with uh, old Freckles there, Royal Freckles, you know, who exists on a level of ginger that I never could. He's just, he's better than me. He is he is right from the fountain of ginger. He's pure. <laughs> He's uncut ginger. I think, I think he was treated a certain way growing up. All right? He came out. He was walking around the castle, okay, with his freckles and his flaming balls. And he's like, all right, who's kidding who? There's no fucking way they're sticking that crown on my head someday. First of all, that one guy's never going to die. He finally just fucking died, right? And then I got to wait for the other guy who's never going to die to die. And then they're going to choose between me and, you know, old cumhead over here. But, you know, he lost all his hair, but he'd know that was happening. But I, that's why I think he, he sort of rebelled. He rebelled where the other kid was just like the show pony, and he had to do everything the right way, right? So he stuck, he stuck around. And then, you know, I don't know, the ginger kid, he downloaded a little bit of Tone Loke. You know, he's trying to have an edge. He's trying to be the, the streetwise ginger in the fucking white palace. And, you know, it's just like he just veered off a little bit. And now he's in uh, Santa Barbara. And that's how it happens. That's how it happens. It's very easy. It's very easy when you don't feel loved. To just veer off into other... I think that that's what happened. He didn't feel... You know, he was Jan. And his older brother was Marsha. And he fucking knew it. He knew it. He said, you know what, Roy? I'm taking me rubles. Me cubic zirconia. And I'm getting the fuck out of here. Good for him. Good for him. Just hope he brought his sunblock. I mean, he went all the fuck in. That dude left. He resigned is a prince, which I didn't know you could do. And then he moved to a sunny city. And married a woman of color. Wait a minute. Dare I say he's ripping me off. This kid's doing every fucking thing that I did, except I didn't live in a palace. Lived in a duplex there for a little while. Um, living in a duplex is a great fucking thing, you know? Everybody knows exactly how happy everybody's marriage is in that fucking relation, in that, in that little duplex thing. But I kind of liked it. Um, all right. Uh, oh, Billy Royale. Oh, somebody read that. All right. College is dumb. Hang on a second. Is that, I think that's my kid. 
What's that? You talking to me? I'm doing my podcast. You want to ride bikes? All right. I thought she was yelling at me. She wasn't. Um, all right. Dear Bill Joke Guy, I'm serious when I say college is dumb. Well, I wouldn't argue with that. Did I just fuck something up here? Why does it sound weird in my headphones right now? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. What did I do? What did I do? It's not you. It's me. Maybe because I, I made fun of the Royals. Not the Kansas City ones either. Um, I'm a sophomore and I haven't learned shit. Liberal arts colleges are just extensions of high school. I've taken two art, two history classes that haven't gone much more in depth than my high school classes. Well, yeah, I mean, I, so all of college is dumb? I don't think they're doing that at MIT. He goes, I have to, here she says, I have to take electives like music history. What the fuck is this shit? I came to college to major in biology with plans to become a doctor. You know what would help me save lives in the future and do my job better? Not filling my head with bullshit like, why did ragtime jazz evolve to Mississippi blues? This would be interesting if I was watching a free documentary, but it's infuriating paying 25 grand a year for this. Um, well, you know something, kid? There's somebody that's going to take that class who's thinking they want to be a doctor and all of a sudden they, maybe they'll get into music. I don't know. The college system is a waste of time and money and it's wildly inefficient. I've learned a lot more. I've learned a lot about myself and how to and not to pick up chicks at the bar and I've made good friends. I think the stigma of not going to college is changing a bit. Will you encourage your kids to go to college? Um, depends on what they want to do. I don't know. That's a long way off. But like, I thought you were going to say other things about why you thought college was stupid. I think um, I think going to a big, expensive college is stupid. Um, obviously, if you want to be a doctor, I think you need a little bit of training. It's not like you can go on YouTube and figure out how to do that shit. I think the, the major, or what'd you say you wanted to do? Um... Major in biology with plans to become a doctor. Yeah, I mean, that's something you have to go to school for. It's not like, you know, you know, I'm kind of thinking of starting my own business. I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. You can always take a couple of business courses at like a fucking a cheap school. I mean, a spreadsheet is a spreadsheet. Okay, uh, the principles of business are the same. Um, I watched that documentary about those rich people having their, their kid's head cut and pasted onto an athlete's head so they could get onto, into a fucking school. They were talking about prestige, prestigious colleges, and that the initial definition, it's a French word, and the initial definition of it meant deceit. A prestigious college, it's... Um, I think you go to those colleges because you, you get to fucking... You know, your college roommate is Bill Gates Jr. But other than that, one plus one equals two in a fucking state school versus an Ivy League school. And um, what I found the keys to being successful is 
you you really have to you got to surround yourself with positive supportive people which is hilarious because I spent like 8 years at the comedy cellar um and so much of it comes down to like it really comes down to you you could have a harvard degree you could have a you know could go to quincy junior college right just picking where i grew up the most prestigious versus the one that everybody can, or bunker here bunker bunker hill community college you know it really doesn't make a difference like nobody gives a fuck about that piece of paper um when they're getting into business with you, if you have a business idea, like if you ever watch Shark Tank, none of them are ever saying, where did you go to college? They just like, what is your idea? How much you in for? How much have you sold? Where, where do you see this? Whatever the fuck they ask, that's all they're asking. So, um, but there's other things like, you know, becoming a doctor and stuff. I mean, you need to, you need to get your training. So I would actually think that like, you're one of the few people that's going to college and amassing all of this. I still don't think it should cost as much as it does, though. Um, I don't know. I kind of talked all around all of that shit. But I, I always felt like the way to go, like if you wanted to go to a very prestigious school, is to transfer in after two years. Through your freshman and sophomore year, somewhere else, transfer in. And then you're still going to get the big prestigious degree for half the money. Um, seems like the better way to go. Uh, but if, you, if your parents have money and they can get you into some big-ass school and they got a great football program, you can get drunk and act like a fucking idiot for four years. I mean, that's also fun, too. <clears throat> you got your whole life to work, right? Why start now? All right, girlfriend wants us to move to Hollywood. Hey, Billy Butterbean. <laughs> I'm a 26-year-old guy, and my 24-year-old girlfriend of four and a half years has decided she wants to chase her childhood passion of acting. When she initially mentioned wanting to take acting class, I was very supportive and told her to pursue it to her heart's content. Well, a couple weeks ago, she decided the acting school she wanted to go to was the fucking American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Hollywood. I tell her to apply, being the caring fucking bozo I am, and she gets in. Of course she did. Um, Now she wants us to move to L.A. in January for the winter semester. We live in Texas and barely make enough to live in our modest two-bedroom apartment. When I explained to her how expensive L.A. is and that we do not have jobs there and that we would have to leave behind a lot of our two bedrooms worth of furniture to live in a small, shitty apartment, she says, I care too much about money and material possessions and that she is so disappointed I can't be excited to go on this adventure with her. Yeah, I imagine, imagine if the tables were, were turned. Would she want to go on this adventure and leave that L-shaped couch? Keep in mind, we were long distance from 2018 to 2020 when she moved back to our state. I took a second job so we could afford a two-bedroom that she begged for. Begged for! Exclamation point. Now I am the bad guy for saying I do not want to downsize to a smaller place in fucking Hollywood. I love this girl. She's a sweet and lovely lady. Isn't that amazing? After all that shit that she's doing to you still, I mean... Uh, you know, uh, unreal. I intend on marrying her, but how can I tell her she's out of her mind and that trying to move to Hollywood to become an actress is a fucking fairy tale dream? Any help you or the lovely Nia is much appreciated. Thanks and go fuck yourself. No, moving to Hollywood and becoming a, an actress is not a fairy tale dream. It happens all the time. Um, 
So my question is, is do you really believe that she can do this shit? Or are you just saying, yeah, whatever you want to do because you're just being a good guy? And now it became real and it, now you're going to say like your dream isn't going to come true? You don't want to do that to her. But also, you know, she's looking out for herself here and you have to look out for yourself. You're both single. You're not married to each other. You're just boyfriend, girlfriend. So you have to make the decision, do I love this person enough to leave the comfort in the space of Texas, not to mention the Texas mentality to come out to Hollywood to hear the inverse of what probably what you think about a lot of things and how you see the world. And, uh, I mean, what about you? What about your dream? Um, I think this is a time to be selfish. Um, in that you have to figure out what you want. This is one of these things. You're not, you're not being self. She's going after what she wants and she doesn't give a fuck about dragging you out there. She doesn't give a fuck about the quality of life that you're going to live while she's there. She doesn't give a shit. She's, she's got her eye on the prize and she wants to go get this shit, which there's nothing wrong with that. So what you got to do, you almost got to be the chick here. You got to be like, well, what's in it for me? You got to put a ring on my finger if I'm going to go out. That's what they do. But she wins that too. If, if so, I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. Can't you just find some chick that likes the line dance and driving the fucking rubbing your dick in a fucking Chevy Silverado as you drive down the street listening to Travis Tritt? I mean, there's got to be a million of those out there, right? Why don't you just do that? Why don't you just say, listen, you know, I think we had a great run. I don't want to move out there. I don't want to ruin your fucking dream. But my dream is not to, you know, live in L.A. and, you know, watch somebody else's dream come true. My dreams to stay right here in Texas, right? Get myself a spread north of Dallas. Have a woman that can make me some chicken and biscuits. Listening to country music. What would you do? You had to give your life to freedom. Um, what would you do? Um, yeah, you got to figure out what you want here, buddy. Um, it all depends. You know, some people don't mind, like, I don't know. I think if you want to be like a house husband, because at that point, you know, she goes out and makes it. She's going to be on set fucking all day long. Somebody's going to be have to be at home with the kids. You know, I don't know. That's a tough one. And that, and that is a big ask for you to move all the way out there. Um, but if that's what she really wants her to, wants to do, I want her to do it. And I just want you to do what's right for you, which is what you have to figure out. Which it sounds to me that you think like you actually, the fact that you think her dream is ridiculous, which is what it sounds like, I would not go out there. Because at some point, you're going to be fucking pissed, you know, when rodeo season starts and you're watching it on some little square TV and she's over in the corner going to be or not to be. And you're like, what the fuck? Why don't you make me a fucking sandwich instead of sitting over there doing that lottie dotty shit? I'm just wor- I just don't want you to get involved in that. Um, there have been a lot of stereotypes in this story. 
And uh, it's because I'm ignorant. All right. What should what I should have said? Oh, one of my favorite things here. What I should have said. How many times does somebody say something to you? They're out of line, right? They're in your kitchen. They're right in your fucking grill, whatever expression you like. And what happens? You kind of freeze up in the moment. You're like, what the fuck? And then the moment that you should have said something goes away. And as you're walking away, as you're driving away, a year later, fucking a week later, whatever, you realize what you should have said. This is what this segment is about. Number one, here we go. Pool douche. Yo! Long-time listener, first-time writer. I've always wanted to say that, and it's true. I'm writing in about the passive-aggressive people you spoke about on Thursday, and I almost always find myself in that situation where I'm just like, oh, okay, and I never even noticed what happened until after the fact. Anyways, all capitals. Um, I was at my local YMCA taking a swim in the pool, and this dad and his kid comes in. The kid looks about 15, 16-ish, and almost immediately the lifeguard asks the kid to help him set up the floating lane diver thing, divider thingy. I was watching them out of curiosity because I never saw it done before. When they got done, the kid sees me looking and squares up a little bit and says, is there a problem here? Confused, I kind of just went, oh no, I was just watching you guys hook the thing up. I've never seen it done before. Then he goes, oh, okay, with a that's-what-I-thought tone. Ooh. Oh, an attitude. Oh. That reminds you know something? I know that feeling. And I think the Beatles wrote a song about it. Boy, you're gonna carry that weight. Carry that weight a long time. That's gonna stay with you. I continued to swim for a good couple of minutes before getting out to go hit the showers, and it wasn't until then that I picked up on what happened. I was literally in the shower naked, jumping up and down in anger, saying how much I would fuck that kid up. I wanted to drown his little ass and send his body floating back over to his dad. Oh, my God, dude. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah, so much shit comes out when you're in the shower. Regret. Things you should have said. Shame. I don't know what it is about the shower. That's when I just, I just start thinking over my life. You used to do a bit about that. You start trying to shout all the bad thoughts out of your head because they're embarrassing. You just start thinking like, ah! <laughs> is everything all right in there? I think I did that on one of my little fucking routines there. Anyway, that's really all. Love the podcast. Love the family. Stay happy. Stay safe and healthy. And I'll see your bald ass in Bethlehem. Um. Bethlehem, where is that? Is that in Israel? Or is that Jerusalem? Does Bethlehem still exist? Yeah, oh, Jesus. Bethlehem City. Well, there's one in Pennsylvania. Is there one in Israel? Anything is biblical. I just say Israel. There is. Oh, Jesus the control of Bethlehem passed from the Ottomans to the British at the end of World War I. Bethlehem came under Jordanian rule during the 1948 Arab-Israeli War. All right. Well, there you go. All right. We conveniently spoke around a number of groups in that little description. Shopping cart douche. All right. Hey, Billy, something insulting that starts with B. Oh, don't tap out like that. 
Uh, I still love Billy Babushka. Uh, got one of those stories about wishing I had said something for you. I was 18 or 19 as a sh- uh, working as a shopping cart wrangler at the only supermarket in town. I'm sweating my sack off. <laughs> sweating my sack off during the pre-4th of July rush to keep up with the flood of people coming in and out. I'm stepping out onto the sidewalk to get more when a guy in his mid-40s walking into the store asks me to grab a shopping cart for him. They're all of six feet from where he's standing. I say no problem in my best customer service voice and turn around to grab one and hear him say, um, I think you mean yes, sir. Because no problem makes it sound like I'm inconveniencing you. Oh, God. Who raised that person? You know what? You know what? Uh, at the end of the story, I'll tell you why you, you can actually find humor in that. Um, I get what he means. I don't get what he means. Don't fucking be. Oh, my God. Don't, don't, don't find an excuse for this fucking guy. He goes, I get what I mean, but he went from being all casual, asking for a favor to holier than thou cunt huffer. I mean, heifer trying to put a teenager in his place. I'm pretty sure all I said was, yeah, and handed the card off to him. But I think about this guy at least once a month. Just know that this guy's existence is he gets off on, on saying that as a grown man to a teenager Make a minimum wage collecting fucking grocery carts. You know? That's the kind of person he is. And the way he made you feel is how he makes most people feel. And, and when you go around living like that, you, yeah, you have a shit life. He's going to have a shit life. Just know that. What a fucking cunt. I think you mean yes, sir. No, I think I meant no problem. I think I meant I might shove this up your fucking ass. Now I'm upset with this fucking guy. Oh, God. You know what? This should be like a superhero for that type of a moment that just flies in and just says what you want to say so you can't get fired or punches him in the face and you can't. I, I I wrote a sketch about that, about a superhero that comes in when you want to punch somebody in the face, but either you can't beat him up or you're going to go to jail. And this superhero would come in. He was called the dropper. And someone would just be a fucking asshole to you, man or woman. And this fucking dude would come in with this cape and just blast him right in the face. And before you could thank him, he'd fly away. That, that would have been a perfect job right there for the dropper. I think you mean yes, sir, because no problem means it sounds like I'm inconveniencing you. Bam! Thank you, Mass Man. All right, Bill Burr Show. Hey, Bill, I have a great what I should have said moment that actually took place at one of your shows. Uh, Center in the Square, Kitchener, Ontario. I was with a few friends. Oh, man, I always have a great time in Ontario. I always seemed to, one time I went there in the summer, the other times, two times has been in the winter when you can skate along the canal. That's fucking amazing. Uh, I was there pretty soon with global warming. You'd just be rolled up. <laughs> I was there with a few friends and we were having a blast watching your openers and getting pumped to see your act. 
Right before you came on, some drunk asshole sits a few seats down from us and proceeds to start talking through the entire show. He was responding to things you were saying as if he thought he was having a one-on-one conversation with you, generally just being annoying. A few minutes go by when I finally say, hey, shut up, to which he responds, hey, why don't you mind your own fucking business in an extremely expressive tone. I was too stunned in re- to respond in the moment, and he went on talking through the rest of the show. That's interesting to me that you had the balls to say, hey, shut up. And then you kind of retreated. I've been there too. Sometimes this moment pops into my head and I think about what I should have said. Maybe something like, I paid X amount of dollars to see this show, so it is my fucking business. Or something to that effect. What do you think? Um, you know what most of these are? It's just you're raised right and you have too much to lose. Someone who comes in that fucking drunk and acts like that much of a douche, um, they, they don't care about just starting swinging on somebody and going to jail and having a court case and all of that type of shit. And the reality is so many people have these stories because you're a fucking adult and you can't walk around. Certainly as a man, you just can't walk around saying everything that you're thinking because you can get the shit kicked out of you. I don't know how it works with women. There's like, I don't know how their deal is. I mean, if you base all of them on the Real Housewives, which is not fair, they pretty much say whatever the fuck they think, <laughs> no matter how mean the shit is. Um, I don't know. Is that why they outlive us? Not because I say they're nagging us to death. Maybe it's because they just fucking say everything. that they, It's a two-way street. You know what I mean? I don't know. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to me, but uh, you shouldn't say these things. You should have a lot of what I should have said. Um, I fortunately don't have a lot of those um, in my, with my wife. I kind of say, I, 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 what I have with my wife is I have, I wish I, I, I should have said it this way, um, which is a good thing because saying things another way Usually that first way you want to say it when you're, when you're pissed is it's, it's never going to come out good. Because it's usually prefaced with, well, I'll tell you why, you fucking asshole. At that point, nobody's listening. It's like you have to somehow master your emotions and just be like, you know, I don't know I'm telling a story right now on stage about this great argument I got into with my wife. Um, where she was right and I acknowledged that she was right and then I wanted her to do me a favor and then it's a long fucking convoluted fucking thing here. I don't even know if that's the right word. But I said something in the middle of that argument that kind of changed things in a great way in that argument and the last like 10 days of my life. Um, and to hear that story, you're going to have to come out to Vegas <laughs> <laughs> that was just complete bullshit. That was just me trying to fucking hype my show. And if you'd like to hear the rest of this funny thought, come out to the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas, July 3rd. Um, no, don't beat yourself up over that. Uh, you know what you do is you, uh, 
What's great about becoming a comedian is then you can immediately go on stage and you tell that story and then you get something out of it. Um, you get a laugh out of it. You get other comics saying, hey, it's a great new story or a joke. And uh, then you also get to say the thing that you wished you said. Then if you're smart enough as a comic, you fucking say everything you just said and talk about what, how much it bugs you and how you've been th- you're going to think about it for years or whatever. And that's the thing that everybody relates to. And then that's what, you know, you get that great laugh that's beyond just laughing. They're laughing because they relate and they know what you're talking about. So anyways, what a fucking dick, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I have to walk that last one off a little bit. Ah, what a douche. Who says that? I think you mean, yes, sir. I mean, does that even sound like something that a person would even say? In that moment, doesn't that, to me, that sounds like, you know, like a, like a, a bad movie where they're showing like, uh, you know, where they're overly writing a character. Like, this person's a dick just for the sake of being a dick. Like, there's no backstory. Like, this guy's an asshole. This guy is nice. You know, when you're watching some, a terrible movie, there's no layers to anything. They're, pe- they're not even people. They're just, uh, they're adjectives. Asshole. Hero. Haughty, right? Fuck. Listen, I'm just babbling about this fucking guy. You know what, buddy? You don't need that because I'm going to carry that weight a long time. All right, that is it. That is the podcast. Congratulations to the Islanders. Let's go Bolts, man. I want to see a seven-game series because I am emotionally not tied to this shit anymore. And I know Islander fans and and Tampa fans don't want seven games because they don't want to die a thousand deaths, but I don't give a fuck because I'm out. I just want my entertainment and uh. You know, I'm rooting for the Vegas Knights. And, I'm, and uh, yeah, I think I'm rooting. I think, you know, with everybody left, I think I got to go Islanders. Just because it takes me back to watching the NHL on the USA Network. Way back in the day, the USA Network, Lanny McDonald, Al McGinnis, Pelly Lindbergh, rest his soul. Eddie Belfour. Who else was around? Marcel Dion. Fucking Guy Lafleur. Guy Carboneau. The fucking Stastny brothers. Brothers. Colorado Rockies. All right, sorry. That's the podcast. Well, you hung around, didn't you? You, you, you stuck around, didn't you? God bless you. I will check in with you motherfuckers on, uh, was it Thursday, right? All right, go fuck yourselves.